welcome in to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX about your first place Arizona Diamondbacks. That feels they're weird to say. Tied for first okay. place. See, I told you he's the, the worst. I've tried to tell you guys for a long time he's the worst, and you wouldn't listen to me. But here he is, being the worst. Welcome in. They were uh, in first place for a hot second, sole possession of first place last night because the Padres had a night game and the Padres ultimately won. And then this is why this is why this is why we can't have anything nice anyway. on the show. Jesse. This <laughs> is why we can never have anything nice. Uh, of course, I'm Derek Montia, occasionally known as the positive one around here. He's the negative one. It's Jesse Friedman. You're just gonna you're just gonna do that. To just me throwing right you, right just that? throwing you right now. Just going right into it because how dare you? How dare you besmirch the good name of the first place Arizona Diamondbacks? The hype is real. Uh, this team, we don't know if they're for real, but it feels very real right now, uh, and it feels like it might only get realer uh, around this place because the Diamondbacks do really feel. Uh, like they have a lot of things rolling in uh, in the right direction right now. The offense seems really good. However, uh, they do run into a very, very tough Milwaukee Brewers team here coming up. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, if we could talk about it for a second before we get into things, the rest of the schedule it seems very difficult for the month of April. And, and it's just not the stretch against the Dodgers. They still have more games against the Padres, the St. Louis Cardinals, Brewers. Some of the teams that they're playing, they're, they're, they've even the easier teams like what we thought about when we would see these Milwaukee Brewers, uh, they're playing very good baseball. So now it's not just uh, such an easy series to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. The Brewers are playing really, really well so far. I believe they're seven and two to start the season. That's pretty, pretty darn good way to get get the season going. Uh, that series coming up against the Cardinals is another one I've had circled for a yeah, while. For sure. The Diamondbacks do not have a great history in, in that ballpark. I mm, believe no, the don't. Diamondbacks have a lower win percentage in franchise history against the Cardinals than against any other team. It's like 37, 38% or something like that. They do not play not, well not against great. the St. Louis Cardinals. And but that's the this reason. is the year to change that, right, Derek? You're, you're, is, you're beating the Dodgers. You're five is, and three against the Dodgers. Right. So who, right. who knows? And the, 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 the difficulty of the schedule is the reason why I put out a tweet saying that I would dye my hair like Lourdes Gurriel's should the Arizona Diamondbacks have a winning record after the month of April. Now, I'm not going to say I have hair like Goriel, but I kind of got like, I, I can get something going on here with sticking it up in there. Once we get this purple, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what we can get going. You're not with, allowed with to getting, wear so many hats. I won't. On the show, I won't wear, I won't yeah, wear a hat. I, I will go. I will go hatless for the month of May. How about wow, that? I will, I, will, right. I, will, I will up the ante here because a lot of you think I'm going to get out on this deal and I'm not. I just... I just have a very tough time believing with the schedule ahead of them that the Diamondbacks are going to be above 500 after this month. However, once again, another however, they have surprised me already, right? This yeah. team, the excitement is palpable around this team. It really is. Uh, and I have not really felt this kind of energy in, in a long time. You know, it's it's like other teams maybe have their ups and downs where some years they might just get a little bit more excited and then the team kind of comes back down to earth. Uh, I don't remember a D-backs team that was this exciting early on, except maybe after the wild card year, like the next year, yeah. the excitement level that we were going to continue on that kind of upward trajectory seemed like it was it was uh, it was a very exciting year, and then the team wasn't very good, so then it kind of you know well, uh, they were good, they were good until September rolled around, that's and then true. they were very that's not true. good that's in uh, in 2018. Yeah, in 2018, the Diamondbacks opened the year against the Rockies. They won two out of three. And then they had a three-game series at home against the Dodgers. Which they, they swept. swept. Yep. They swept yep, the Dodgers that. at home. Started oh. the year five and one. 
Uh, then they took two out of three from the Cardinals. They took two out of three from the Giants. They took two out of three from the Dodgers. They took they literally won every single series they played in up the month until, of April, right? Uh, yeah, up until April 30th to May 3rd. They had a four-gamer against the Dodgers that they split. Before that, the 2018 Diamondbacks literally won every single series that they played to start the season. That's the last time. And, yeah. and not to say the D-backs are at that point, right? It's only 10 games. But that's the last time where I feel like there's been this level of excitement yeah. once you've got more than you know two or three games into the season. Zach Godley was very good for that team. Patrick Corbin was very good for that team, especially early on in that season. Yeah, so, yeah Patrick had, Corbin in 2018, man. Yeah, he, he was, had the dog was, in him. Yeah, had the dog in him. Those sure. walk years. They have, there's some, <laughs> yeah. something about those walk years. Yeah, it brings out the best in you, you know? <laughs> um, however, though, we did get one question. I know it's Monday and we'll get to the mailbag, but uh, our friend Brandon sent us this tweet. Uh, and of course, I just had to address this because uh, what should Captain Caveman's punishment be if and Ooh. when he backpedals, uh, backpedals on his Guriel hair claim? <laughs> uh, and then he put mayor in quotes, which you know I hate that. Um, <laughs> I will not. I will not back out on this. Uh, should the Arizona Diamondbacks... Uh, have that winning record jesse my wife is already set and prepared to dye my hair she actually seems uh more excited about it than she should be i think it yeah. might happen oh yeah i think it might happen regardless i don't know though. yeah we'll no from what you told me about your wife's reaction to this i don't think there's any way you're getting out of this no, it, no, honestly, it doesn't matter <laughs> what the diamondbacks record is at the end of the month once you get your wife's hopes up yeah, about dyeing yeah, your hair purple yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a married man myself, but, but my my sense of the situation is that you are going to. Oh have my god! Dyed purple. She keeps asking me what the <laughs> record is. I'm like, I already told you. They haven't played a game <laughs> since yesterday. She's like, I just want to see if they won more games. You know. So have um, you picked a shade of purple? It's got to be we the gotta, same. I got maybe I'm gonna have to like coordinate with Lourdes because it's got to be that same okay. shade of purple he's got going on. I don't know if you've seen the shade of purple he has, but it's a very good shade of purple. A what, very, if you, what if you made it purple and teal? It's a very Diamondbacks purple. purple. It really it is. is. A, yeah, it, it is, is a, a Diamondbacks very Diamondbacks purple. purple. But uh, yeah, teal too. Yeah, you should get some teal in there, Derek. We'll see what can make happen. We'll see what we can make happen. But uh, I'll tell you this much: the Arizona Diamondbacks are making some things happen. They might not be moving up in the power rankings uh, for some web sites uh but they are uh making some noise and uh, i like that they're also sticking up for themselves when it comes to these power yes. rankings jesse yeah. uh can we get a shot of uh their response to mlb.com still having the arizona diamondbacks ranked 20th uh after the first week oh god that picture of nick is incredible oh my god it's actually a gif we had to do <laughs> yeah, like a but, still shot but the, the still shot's even better yeah the still <laughs> shot might be better than, than the gif was but yeah just for context mlb.com is the diamondbacks 20th as you said they have the san diego padres fifth and they have the los angeles dodgers who if i'm not mistaken the diamondbacks just took three out of four games yes, from yes. they still have the dodgers third overall in their power rankings and uh yeah, as you can see here, the D-backs on Twitter did not take to that very nicely. I like it. I like it. Jab back. I want to see this. I want more of this. I want more of this spiciness. Uh, the Diamondbacks deserve respect, and they should demand it. And that's all I'm saying. But uh, they're not the only ones that have the Diamondbacks. The, some other websites actually have the Diamondbacks ranked much higher uh, than 20th, and we were kind of surprised. Yeah, well, one of them. <laughs> one of them, one of them in particular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. So yeah. so the Athletic has the Diamondbacks 17th. They have the Padres 3rd and the Dodgers 5th. So yep. they have the kind of the same thing but flipped around there from MLB.com. Uh CBS has the Diamondbacks ranked 15th. I feel like right they're in the middle. They're the most fair. I feel like if I'm looking yeah. at CBS, I feel like CBS didn't get too, you know, reactionary, but they also 
did take into account what we've seen early this season and have adjusted things. I imagine the Dodgers were much higher uh, on their power ranking before losing uh, essentially three out of four to the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And, and what was it? What is it? Uh, I believe it is a six out of six out of uh, six out of eight. Uh, five out of five eight. Uh, my math is bad. Yeah. Uh, he's the math teacher, but five out of eight. So uh, yeah, they should be ranked a little bit closer to the Dodgers. They have the Dodgers down uh, to tenth and the Padres at fourth. Yeah, I, I I can I can understand where they're coming from on that. And you made a good point about how uh, power rankings. You have to strike this balance, right? Power rankings aren't the same thing as the standings, correct? Right? Just because a team just won a series or something from another team doesn't mean they have to be ranked higher than them, right? right? That would be a little ridiculous. So looking at these things, we're not necessarily saying that, you know, justice would be the Diamondbacks being ranked higher than the Dodgers or, you know, even with the Padres. Well, I'm not saying that. Maybe Derek is. Maybe Barstool Uh, Sports is saying that. Yeah, Barstool Sports. They got pretty close. (laughs) Barstool Sports has the Diamondbacks ranked ninth after a six and four start to the season. They have the Padres six. They don't. They only showed the top nine, at least so, so we could see. They Dodgers don't even aren't have, even ranked. They don't even have the Dodgers in the top nine. Now we discussed this. Looking at that, Barstool had the most controversial power rankings, but it also they have the most controversial a lot of things. Yeah, of course, that's what, the what they do. That's what they do over there. <laughs> but uh, it felt very much like they were trying to just rank how the teams did in week two. So it seemed like the way that they were doing power rankings maybe wasn't right, uh, but was different. More of like uh, basing it on the performance from week two. And if, if you are doing that, then I do believe that's fair uh, for the Diamondbacks because they've had a pretty damn good week. And I know that they split the series with the Padres, and I know I keep bringing this up, but that really felt like that could have been a two-game sweep of the Padres. It, it really did. Uh, they were this close to making that happen. And I, I, I don't hate that it didn't go their way considering that now that they have that fire in their blood uh, to, to make sure when they meet these Padres later this month. Uh, that they get that they get that back. Yeah, they have a four gamer against the Padres. I think a couple weekends from now. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you're sick of the Dodgers, you're gonna probably gonna be sick of the Padres pretty soon here too. If, if you're sick of the <laughs> Dodgers, I have good news for you though. We don't see them again until August eighth, I believe. It's August eighth is the next time August we 8th. play the Dodgers. I think that's some wonderful. Some people though might even be kind of sad about that. Yeah, we're, it's we're like beating them up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like normally you don't want to play the Dodgers mm-hmm. because they're kind of you know Diamondbacks have not played well against the Dodgers whatsoever of late. It's right ten and thirty eight or something over the last three years coming into this season. But when you kind of feel like you have the Dodgers number, then it's like oh. I could get used to this, let's get, right? Let's get like, some more like, of that in that, here, right? Yeah, that's kind of the sense that you get from uh, from the D-backs clubhouse and what some of the guys were, were saying after the game yesterday. Josh Rojas, in particular, talked about how this was the first time that he's ever remembers playing a series against the Dodgers where they could feel the pressure. Yeah. And, and he said they couldn't do anything about it. Like, it was just the D-backs were constantly, you know, leaving the Dodgers in, in, in difficult situations, especially with their run game. And the Dodgers just had no answer for it, right? And D-backs... In particular, they're they're base running, right? These guys are just too fast. You can't just, you know, suddenly make Corbin Carroll slower, right? It's, yeah. uh, catching him on the bases or any of these other guys on the bases is a lot harder than than it might seem. So, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it was a a big uh, a, a big thing just for the clubhouse and just some of these guys to kind of feel what it what it feels like to actually perform well against the Dodgers. And even though it's maybe maybe not likely, but it could still happen, the Dodgers might have Walker Bueller back 
by the next time the Diamondbacks face them. So again, that's another reason. Probably why it's not, not likely. Yeah. Not not but not likely. But I think he, it's more like he he could maybe come back for the playoffs as a reliever or mm-hmm. something. I've heard some people suspect that, but I I don't think he's going to be in their rotation in August. Or anything. And, and and I think that's a big factor that not a lot of people talk about. Both Walker Bueller uh, and Tony Gonsolin being currently out. Uh, yeah. They did not. The Diamondbacks didn't catch Julio Urias this time around, like they did in the first time in in LA. So uh, there's just there there was a bit of uh, of of things that went the Diamondbacks' way. However, they kicked that ass, and I mean that's something that not only is going to be a confidence builder for the next time that they play the Dodgers for them to believe that they can. It's got to be a kickstart to this offense going forward, which they're going to really need uh, in the series against Milwaukee because, like we said, the Brewers have been very very good. Uh, and meanwhile, the Diamondbacks uh, still do not have a starter named for Wednesday because uh, what's going on with that, Jesse? Well, we don't know. We have we'll no see idea. if we can find out today. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in our show yesterday. Madison Bumgarner is lined up uh, for that spot. On ESPN, you, I believe, he is listed as as the problem. Yeah, right. ESPN just kind of goes out and you know just follows the pattern. They do what and, they do, and you know, yeah, they do what they do. Um, but yeah, it's possible that Dre Jameson could be used in that game. So I think that's kind of that's my guess as to what the pause is here. Jameson made his last appearance on Friday, so he would be on normal a normal starter's rest if he were to start that game on Wednesday. He's not going to be able to go very long. Uh, we might talk about that more. I think someone might ask a question about that. For sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's possible they could at least have him start that game, and then uh, maybe it's Peter Solomon or you know someone ready to go behind him to make sure they're able to get the length that they need. Any concerns about Peter Solomon after what you saw in the first game against the Dodgers? He wasn't great. He wasn't. Uh, great. It wasn't great. Uh, I think Tori Lavella wanted to give him a soft landing and you know just put him in. I think it was an eleven three game at the time, so. Uh, you know, no real risk there, anything for him. But yeah, he didn't pitch particularly well. Uh, command is is something that has generally been a strength for him, and it, it wasn't in that game yesterday. I think he had like three walks or something like that in those two innings. So um, just one outing. I'm not not too concerned at this point. But if you're expecting Peter Solomon to come in and and you know be Dre Jameson, which that's kind of the role that it looks like he's taking. That's probably not the case, right? I mean, Peter Solomon uh, had a decent prospect status as of a couple years ago with the Houston Astros organization, but it's kind of fallen off that a little bit since. I want to see Bryce Jarvis. I know he's still far off. A little far off. Bryce Jarvis Bryce had Jarvis excellent spring. He had it. He had an outstanding spring. I don't think he had an outstanding first start of the no, year. No, he did not. He did but, not. But I think yeah. uh, maybe maybe a relief role might be at a major league level. Might be in his future. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I don't know though. But I definitely don't want to see Brandon Fott in that role. I don't really want to see Dre Jameson in that role. I'm glad he's getting this opportunity, and we have lots of questions about how that's going to impact both Dre and the bullpen. Of course, if you guys haven't done so already, we implore you to check out the Bet Bet MGM app. Uh, it is our new partner and of course we are thrilled about partnering together with them uh it is our favorite place to place our bets and of course we have the bet mgm sports book over at state farm stadium where we will be having all sorts of events including a monthly cornhole league uh we're going to have meetups uh, cardinals once cardinal season gets started that place is going to be popping and we will be out there all the time so make sure to join us out there and if you haven't signed up for bet mgm yet use our bonus code of phnx and you will get up to 200 dollars in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app, sign up using bonus code PHNX, 
place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market standard odds price, you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up. And now, here is Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. And let me tell you, uh, I'm jealous because our guys, Bo and Johnny, are going to be out there at that BetMGM Sportsbook to do their show. And they are going to have quite the view there in the background of uh, State Farm Stadium and all the people having a great time on the great lawn tailgating. So make sure to join them once this season starts for those live shows out there. But you know what we do around here. Every, every single week on this damn show is Shark Week. You know that. Every day on this show is Earth Day because we recycle. And every Monday... <laughs> We go to the mailbag. Damon, let's go. My mailbox. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go wow, wow. My, my mailbox. mailbox. Uh, Gabe, uh, who was it? Uh, Ryan asked, is this a king snake uh, bobblehead? It might be. This might be our King Snake Award. You know what? I was thinking the same thing. It yeah. literally looks like in the graphic of the King Snake graphic, it looks like it's wrapped around his neck, yeah. just yeah. like the graphic. Just perfectly like that. Look at that guy. Uh, this is our this is from our friends at Foco. Shout out to Foco uh, for making incredible uh, all sorts of incredible merchandise. Uh, but we're here in the mailbag and we got lots of questions. So let's go, Damon. We don't got time. What else we got? Uh, Harley asks, assuming the team are buyers at the deadline, what's the likeliest area they address? Does the team standing at the time determine if they make a big move or is that on the table regardless? Uh, sorry for the two-parter. Never be sorry for a two-parter, Harley, ever. Uh, and first, uh, what's the likeliest area they address? Let's start with that one. Well, this is a boring answer, but it's always the bullpen, right? It, it almost doesn't matter how good the Diamondbacks bullpen has looked early on or continues to look during the season. It needs to get better. Every every potential playoff team has room for improvement in that area. Yeah. And I think the Diamondbacks in particular, although I have liked some things that I've seen back there, Miguel Castro and Andrew Chafin in particular have looked good. Scott McGuff has been, you know, <sighs> a, a little bit shaky. Uh, Kyle Nelson has looked good, doesn't have a whole lot of major league experience. Uh, we'll see what Joe Mantiply looks like when he when he gets back. He had a bit of a rough second half last year. So you can always use reinforcements in that. I, I don't disagree with that at all, because especially the loss of Corbin Martin. And I know you guys are going to hate me saying this, but Mark Melanson uh, and now Cole Sulcer, both of those guys are going to be on the 60 day aisle. So they've lost yeah. Sulcer and Melanson for a considerable amount of time. Right. They've lost Corbin Martin for the entire year. So these are these are big losses for this team. And I really do think that the need to now move Dre Jamison up to the starting rotation is going to impact that bullpen. I wouldn't be surprised to see them make uh, a move there and prioritize that, especially considering that this team uh, still has nightmares about how bad the you know the bullpen was last year and the impact that it had on this team. I mean, I can't imagine being Mike Hazen uh, and thinking about how like 10 games last year really did make the difference and you can find so many losses specifically in that yeah. bullpen. Can't beat yourself up about it, but at the same time it does feel like Maybe had you made some more moves to to you know make that pen better, that might not have been the result of last season, right? And then again, you talk about the team that got in last, making it to the World Series. 
And I know the Diamondbacks aren't the Phillies, but let's just say if you can get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, and and to miss it by that, you know, by that margin with the do- with the bullpen being as bad as it was, uh, is is probably something that they're going to address. Still, uh, I also think maybe starting pitching with the way things have been, yeah, if, a, if an opportunity comes up for them to get a big name starting pitcher from a team that's kind of like you know cashing it in around the the trade deadline, then maybe they jump on that opportunity. Yeah, I could see that. Can we pull up the question again? I know there's a second part to this as well. Um, yeah, like does the team standing at the deadline determine if they uh, if they make a big move? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That was basically what Mike Hazen said at the beginning of the year: is success for our team in 2023 is being in a position to buy at the trade deadline. The right. Diamondbacks aren't Play going to names, yeah, games in, in September, right? And the Diamondbacks are not going to go into the trade deadline buying regardless if yeah. they're you know yeah. if they're ten games out or something like that at that point or. Um, you know, even maybe a little bit closer than that. I don't think they're going to do that. The, the future is too bright. The, they're not in a position to be trading prospect capital unless they really believe they're on to something. They're not even in a position to be sellers, to be honest. They would probably stay pretty stagnant because I don't yeah. think that they have a lot of pieces that they need to move, like free agents that are going to be, you know, or guys that are going to be free agents at the last season, at the end of the season that Very they might true. lose and things like that. So there isn't a sense of urgency for the Diamondbacks to now all of a sudden do something drastic with their young core. Uh, if if they're not doing well at the trade deadline, but that's like the baseline assumption that people that people make a lot. You have to be one or the other, right? Well, yeah, and just that the Diamondbacks are by default in that position. Like people people yeah. who don't follow this team closely are like, oh, they lost eighty eight games last year. You know, let's come up with a list of guys who are free agents at the end of the year. Surely they'll be trying to pawn off these guys at the trade deadline, right? I, I don't think the D-backs really see it that way at all. I think that's kind of like a worst-case scenario for them where they're sure. uh, trading guys. And and like you said, they don't even have guys that like Nick Ahmed's a free agent at the end of the year. Mark Melanson's Bye. a free agent at the end of the year. Bye. <laughs> I don't I don't think you're going to get much for those guys in trades at this point, right? Uh, Lourdes Gurriel, maybe. Uh, maybe uh, Lourdes, he, would, he yeah, could make yeah. a little bit of sense yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. the D-backs were yeah, in that position. That's, but. that's actually a really good call because, yeah, he's most likely uh, going to be a free agent they, if they have no plans internally of trying to keep him best part of the team. Yeah, uh, He really could, especially if his bat gets hot again like it was last year. Hitting the D-backs are out of it and he's hitting, then yeah, I, I think a contender would be interested in him. Other that's than good. that, there's just not a lot of It's a good selection. There. All right, what do we got, Damon? What else we got? Uh, Mr. D-back fan asks, what will happen to Jameson when Davies eventually comes back from his injury? Mm. Actually, we have quite a few questions about Jameson. Can we just run through those all together real fast? Yeah. Uh, I think it's like three. I think it's the next three. Uh, with Dre heading the rotation, how big of an impact is that to the bullpen, especially with starters not getting uh, getting deep in the game so far? That's from Jonathan Queller. Jacob asks, how many pitches do you expect Dre to throw in his first start? And if he kills it with Davies out, does he stick in the rotation? So we'll get to that first part of that question. But I feel like the big question here is, what happens with Dre? What happens with Dre? Should he be a success now as a starting pitcher? Because so far... Even though the numbers from the minor leagues tell us otherwise and the numbers from spring tell us otherwise, Dre Jamison has just been an outright competitor at a major league level so far in every facet that we've seen him, whether it was his role in the bullpen recently or his starts last season before the end of the year. So what happens if, if, if yeah. he does? Does, does, he give, does he give Tory a, a, a bad problem to have or a good problem to have, I guess I should say, about deciding you know what, what goes on in this rotation? Is there a possibility... Yeah. Davies comes back and maybe Bumgarner somehow gets pushed out if if 
if it's just too good to to move Jamison at that time? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of interesting factors here. Bumgarner is one of them. I had that thought earlier today, actually, as I was kind of just thinking through this. Maybe when Zach Davies comes back, we talked about how Bumgarner, at least in my opinion, my my own gut feeling is that Bumgarner won't be in this rotation very long. Maybe that just happens when Davies comes back. And if Dre Jameson is pitching well, then that just allows Jameson to continue in that role. And the D-backs, you know, try to find something else for Bumgarner, whether that's in the bullpen or, you know, paying him off or whatever, whatever that ultimately looks like. So uh, I think that's possible. This is this is kind of a testing ground, though, for Dre Jameson. The D-backs have been very upfront that they still view Jameson as a starter. That's what they've said throughout this whole process, even as it looked very likely that Jameson was being turned into a shorter term reliever. Um, it, that's kind of what they've said this whole time. And so now Jameson is getting that opportunity to prove what he can do in the rotation. If it goes well, I think they'll find a way to keep him there, uh, no matter what, just with the way that injuries work, whether Bumgarner is struggling, like I said before. If he if he isn't doing so well, though, I wouldn't be surprised if the Diamondbacks uh, transitioned him back into being a reliever at, at that point. If he's just a little shaky and it, it kind of feels like the arsenal plays better in the bullpen than in the rotation. Yeah. I don't think the D-backs are necessarily going to just ride it out with him for an entire season if it's not going well. Um, if he can get back in the bullpen and, and give them what he's done in these first few games, we've, we've already seen that be really valuable for them. All right, what else we got? Oh, wait, no, hold on. Let's not Let's not go ahead. Uh, I think it was uh, Jacob Schultz's question was, how, how many pitches do you expect Dre to throw in his first start? I don't know. He was fairly stretched out. I don't think that they're going to let him go too long. I would probably say they cap it around 85 would be my guess. But, I mean, mm. we've seen him go as much as 60-plus, right? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I think his, his first appearance, that was like four innings, was 66 pitches. Second appearance was 38 pitches. His most recent one was only 26. So at the beginning of the season, when he was still fully stretched out from spring training, then, yeah, I think 85 would have been right there. Now that he only threw 26 in his last one, I, I would doubt the D-backs would ramp it all the way up to 85 in his first start. Uh, Torrey, I believe, was asked this yesterday, uh, either before or after the game, and uh, he didn't really give a specific answer. He basically just said, more than you think. <laughs> he can give us more <laughs> length than you would think yeah. after throwing 26 pitches in his last I, I, outing. I believe it. I believe Maybe it. Maybe it's like 60-ish. That would be like my very rough estimate, but it, hard, hard to say for sure. I, I I would not be surprised because Dre Jamison is just one of those guys that uh, wants the ball, but it's baseball. So you can only sh- go so long with a guy that's not fully stretched out, no matter how much fire is in their blood. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think that, that this is a good problem to have. And let's be honest, if Dre does a good enough job, I, I mean, I think I feel like he's deserved it. I feel like he's earned it already. He's been such a integral part of their of of their wins so far yeah. it just it begs the question that what do they do in the bullpen how does it impact the bullpen what kind of gap now does he leave for Tori Lavolo? I think Lavolo's just loved the flexibility of having a guy like that out there especially considered like one of the questions said uh the starters are not going very long I mean uh Merrill uh had a had a three and two-third start you know some of these guys aren't going longer than four innings and it, this this bullpen would be Fairly taxed by this point, had it not been for yeah. Trey Jameson's ability to go long out of the pen. That's so true. Yeah, that's a great point. I remember a, a few weeks ago, before the season started, 
Tori was talking about how the D-backs might not have a true long man, how they might just, you know, uh, if every guy is able to give you two innings on occasion or one plus, you can kind of piece it together. But yeah, with how short some of these outings have been, D-backs would probably be in a pretty (sighs) tough spot in some of those games if Dre Jameson hadn't been there. Man, you ain't lying. All right, what else we got, Damon? Oh, good Lord, Chris, (laughs) what is happening here? Uh, Chris sent us a I knew book. It was a, I knew it was a big mistake when yeah. Twitter went for, went up to 200 yep. characters. See, this, right? this definitely <laughs> proves it right now. You're using the character limit, Chris, 100%. But uh, let's take a look at what she says. 10 games in seems like a fine place to check on changes this season. How are we feeling about? And basically, she's asking us about all the new rules. All of them. Uh, and then she also says, and for funsies, add some older ones in there, like Buster Posey <laughs> rule, mound limit, uh, visit limit, three batter minimum, universal oh, DH. God. There's like an hour and a half I know, this show is an entire show, Chris. <laughs> what in the hell? Okay. So let's start off by saying that uh, I want to address the, the, the older rules, right? Because okay. some of these are things people have absolutely hated already. We've seen it in the past seasons. The Buster Posey rule about not blocking the plate, mound visit limits. Fine, make the games faster. Three batter minimum, still not a huge fan of that. But again, it's made the game move along faster. I, I'm a big fan of yeah, three because, batter because again, It was some, so dumb. Like, to like bring the, a guy in like for one single inning, batter. All right, we got the righty for the righty. Then we're going to bring in our lefty to face the lefty. Yep. It's just like, yep. oh my gosh, this is not a very watchable product. No, you're right. And then uh, again, that's the thing. that These are the things that they've talked about people hating, right? Just all of the downtime that's there. Yeah. And all of that has created this gap from what baseball time of games used to be to what they are now. Universal DH, nobody fucking hates that. Everybody loves the Universal DH, just like everybody should love the pitch clock. But we've talked about this. We brought up Jeff Passan's tweet. We brought up the improvements in the game. Stolen bases way up. Batting average and, and, and slash lines just kind of up on average just a little bit. Time of game down 25 minutes across the board. I mean, I, I, there's, there's nothing bad about it. You're still getting your three-hour games. You're still getting your weird sub-two-hour games. Like, baseball is still going to have a way to kind of you know, kind of uh, even itself out. But if we can land somewhere in that two hour and 40 minute range for baseball games, that's such a better place to be than when we were at yeah. three hours plus. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to go deeper on some of these things at some point because I oh, feel absolutely. like I, I truly could talk about some of these things for a pretty long yeah. time. But uh, my initial thought on the shift ban and just what we've seen from that so far doesn't make a huge difference. If I'm being honest, just casual, no. casually observing. I don't think you notice it that much. It's not like every lefty comes in and singles through the hole every right. time. Right, right, right. Teams are still able to shift. That's the other big part of this. Like you still see teams like stretching the limits of the shift restrictions, trying to get their infielders in as ideal oh, a position there as was, possible. There was there was big chatter about uh, Perdomo the other day because Perdomo was so close was to second base. You couldn't be any closer <laughs> than, than, than he was without violating the rule, right? But yeah. here was the thing that we found out. There's a there's an umpire right there, and Perdomo was checking in with the umpire, basically being like, "This okay?" And he's like, "Yep," and that's <laughs> it. Like it's that simple. There's a guy there. He's right close to you. He can see where second base is. He can see where the midpoint is that you can't cross, and that's it. So like, you're always gonna see teams finding a way to circumvent these rules in some way or or get as much of an advantage as they can. But the one beautiful part about the Arizona Diamondbacks is it really feels like they've found a way, especially when it comes to their 
their their movement and their speed on the base path to really take advantage of these rules, especially for them. They are putting pressure on opposing defenses in a way that is causing them to make mistakes on routine plays that they normally wouldn't make these mistakes on. And it's, yeah. it's based on the speed and honestly, the aggressiveness of Tory Lovello and his, his base running. Yeah, yeah. Somehow all roads lead back to the D-backs base running. Every, everything shift, leads, everything minute, leads back about... Yeah. We're talking about Corbin Carroll running the bases uh-huh. the next minute. Uh, yeah, we. Have, I'm sure we have more thoughts on those things that we'll expand on at some point. But pitch clock is great. The other things, good, but like don't make that much of a difference necessarily. Yeah. I think yeah. left-handed hitters... Uh, the batting average on balls in play for for lefties specifically on line drives has gone up. It actually hasn't changed much from what I've heard on ground balls, which is which is interesting. We'll we'll definitely take a deeper dive into that at some point, but no gripes here with really any of those changes, honestly. Nope. nope. What else we got, David? Uh, Tr Cogs asks, "How does it feel knowing we don't have to play the Dodgers for three months?" Fantastic. But like Jesse said, I like Jesse, like but, right now yeah, the feeling is like, can we get them a couple more times yeah. right now while they're vulnerable, while they're like, uh, while they're down? Kick them while they're yeah, down kick a little, them while more, a little right? more, right? Yeah. Uh, so I get that, but no, it feels great. It feels like there isn't that because I think what we've it's seen four months, isn't it? It's uh, April, it's August, April, yeah. Bas- 10th basically to August just, 8th, just under four months, basically yeah. four months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. For me, the idea is is that in the past, what I've seen is the Diamondbacks get on a roll and then run into the Dodgers and then have their season fall apart for the next like two, three weeks. <laughs> I, I can't explain it, but I still think about that four-game trip uh, to, to Chavez Ravine last year where everything fell apart for the Diamondbacks yeah. after that point. They were on such a good roll. They go, they get swept in four games uh, against the Dodgers at home, and then it was like they just couldn't get back on track. It was it was almost like they reset to the offensive struggles that they had early on in the season last year, except they weren't walking as much as they were early on in the season. So it was it truly felt like everything unraveled. That part about it, I'm I'm happy to not see them again. It's not like they won't see any NL West. There's Giants and there's Colorado Rockies. There's a lot of those yeah, games like the in two, between. The two teams that are like actually not that good in the NL West. Those are the two teams yeah. the D-backs haven't seen any of and, and we'll see a decent amount of over the next few months. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm okay with not seeing the Dodgers <laughs> for a while. I'm okay with not seeing Freddie Freeman's face in the in the batter's box. Freddie Freeman, oh, my man. gosh. That guy I, I need to, I need to look up the numbers again, but... He had like nine hits in the series or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Freddie before. Freeman in his career at Chase Field is batting nearly 400. <laughs> Not stupid. an exaggeration. That's stupid. It is it is insane how much that man oh my loves God. to hit at Chase Field. Yep, yep. All right, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, I am still hungry. 95 on Twitter asks, <laughs> did the Diamondbacks break the Dodgers? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I hope they did. I really hope they did. I hope the Dodgers, uh, I, I hope all the bad things in the world happen to the Dodgers and nobody but the Dodgers. How they, about that? They did break Austin Barnes yesterday. They sure did. That's, that's yes. one, one thing, one person they did break yesterday. Oh, yeah, you ain't lying. But uh, honestly, it's uh, it's a good thing to see. I mean, the Dodgers are going through it, and and we've talked about that. Like the Dodgers not only didn't really uh, rearm themselves this offseason like they normally did, but they have some key injuries that are going to impact them this entire season. So if there was a time for the Diamondbacks to see them as being vulnerable and strike, this is right now seems like a pretty damn good time. Yeah. The bullpen for the Dodgers is the is the one thing out of that series that really stuck out to me is God. this could be a problem for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm not concerned about their offense at all. Or I still they're think starting it's outstanding. Pitching, even they're, with the injury losses. Yeah, they're starting pitching. Noah Syndergaard isn't isn't great. I mean, I like I've said before, I never necessarily expected him to be 
all that great, those kind of starts are going to happen. Clayton Kershaw, he had a, a not great outing in that series. I don't think they're concerned about him either. Michael Grove is kind of a placeholder for Tony Gonzalez, like we said before. You're not really concerned about their rotation. I think their offense is going to continue to be spectacular. But the bullpen was like, oh man, like th- this is rough. I mean, it feels like every guy the Dodgers bring in is just getting utterly shelled by this Diamondbacks offense. Uh, certainly still too early to make any big conclusions there, but that could really be an issue for the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time, honestly, after seeing that, agreeing with MLB.com, ranking them third or something like that, you know, still really early to be doing a whole lot of shifting in the power rankings, but the bullpen looks like it might be a pretty big problem for them. Uh, Alan Sergio said, I'm really worried about Valley sports situation. Arizona have great prospects to extend Lourdes Gurriel, Junior La Pina extension incoming. I would love that. I really would. Uh, I really do like Lourdes and what he brings to this team. Uh, and we are also worried about the Valley sports situation, to be honest. We know how big of an impact this is on the Diamondbacks' ability to spend. And uh, if the situation doesn't get rectified, they are, they're, I mean, it's not going to get rectified. They are not. The, the Diamondbacks flat out are not going to receive the compensation that they thought they were going to at one time due yeah. to this deal. And uh, that's that's just a fact. Yeah, they, they eventually did make their rights payment to the Padres, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Guardians as well. But they, as far as we know, still have not made their rights payment to the Diamondbacks, which basically is their way of saying our deal with the Diamondbacks is a bigger disaster for us financially than our deal with the Padres. So, which, I mean, isn't necessarily a huge surprise. So uh, we'll certainly keep you all updated as as more more information comes out on that story. But for now, the games are on. Right. Broadcast yep. is still there. Everybody keeps asking us that. We've had several tweets consistently throughout the last week. People asking us where where it is. I will just say Valley Sports has two channels. So if there's a Suns game that is going to start at any point during the Diamondbacks game, most likely the Suns game will be on Valley Sports Arizona. The, the main and then, channel. Yeah, yeah, the main channel. And the Diamondbacks game will be on the extra channel. So I, I that's the best uh, I can give you. I do use the Valley Sports app myself uh, with a sign-in from DirecTV. So if you do have the channel on DirecTV or Cox, uh, you can do that as well. I don't, I don't know outside of that. But uh, these, the, it seems like these games, or at least the content, is going to get easier to watch because if you're a fan of the minor league system, you can now watch that on Valley Gaming app, which, by the way, is a different app than the Valley Sports app. If right. you have the Valley right. Sports and you're expecting to find the minor league games on there, you will not. It is on the Bally Gaming app, like the casino. So you should be able to find all 120 minor league teams on that app. I, I feel like this is a, a good season to watch baseball. That's just my feeling. But uh, what else we got, Damon? Uh, what's more surprising, Geraldo Perdomo's fast start or Jake McCarthy's slow one? Good question. Um, I would say Jake McCarthy's slow one, in my opinion. Geraldo Perdomo has quietly been... Better and better and better, getting better and better. I mean, he had a lot of playing time last year with Nick Ahmed out. We already dubbed him our risk king for a good reason, and that because that's because <laughs> when no one else is carrying this offense, Geraldo Perdomo is carrying this offense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so far so good for Perdomo. I think that maybe splitting playing time with Nick is a good thing for him. Uh, he doesn't have that pressure to be their starting shortstop. They've moved him around and played him at second already. Uh, that lineup yesterday – both Jesse and I were floored by what that lineup looked like, and then they put up the runs that they put up against the Dodgers. So, I mean, we're wrong. We're wrong sometimes, and that's okay. Uh, but Geraldo Perdomo, I, I mean, he's proven us wrong so far quite a bit yeah. over the last season. Uh, I think Jake's slow start is probably a bit concerning, um, but 
Jake McCarthy also kind of had a slow start yet last year. He, he he's kind of gotten out of the box a little slow. I think that we got sent down twice before right, eventually before, exactly. staying. <laughs> that was last year, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so again, it's it, it, these are still very young guys, and I mean, when we're talking about that, we we mean age, experience, professional baseball games. They just don't have a lot under their belt, but uh, you're seeing them. I think I, I feel like you're seeing them come along very quickly, especially Perdomo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Geraldo Perdomo in his career has been worth 1.5 wins above replacement. 0.6 of that, so basically half, is this season in 22 plate appearances. <laughs> he's literally provided about as much value in the last seven games that he's played as he <laughs> had in the career. preceding 140. So uh, he's been outstanding. I don't want to take a shot at Jake McCarthy. I, I think he's going to bounce back and yeah. be fine when it's all said and done. But to answer the question, I'm more surprised that Geraldo Perdomo has had this extraordinary start than I am that Jake McCarthy's been a, a little bit slower out of the gate. Uh, we talked about a little bit over the offseason how Jake McCarthy's batted ball numbers from last year were not great. Uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of blue across the board on his baseball savant page. Yes, he didn't really hit the ball very hard. He really used his legs a lot, which is, which is a good thing for him and something that's certainly going to be there for him, but maybe not quite to the degree that it helped him out last year. So, yeah, I mean, Geraldo Perdomo has just been insane. He's hitting 438, right, <laughs> to, to start the season. So, for me, that's the more surprising of the two. All right. Well, we want to give a shout out to our friends at Mountain Mike's. If you haven't done so already, make sure to grab yourself uh, a Mountain Mike's uh wonderful food over at mountain mike's uh also if you're sign up for a phnx diehard membership mountain mike's will give you a 50 dollars voucher upon signing up head over to mountain mike pizza mountain mike's pizza.com or to their mesa channel or tucson location to place your next order reminder once again that new diehards get that 50 dollars voucher upon signing up if you haven't done so already make sure to sign up for the phnx sports youtube channel i don't know what you're waiting for uh it's the best value uh and or i'm sorry this youtube channel Best place to get your content. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up, and it, it makes us feel good about ourselves and about, about our efforts that we're putting forth. Uh, we don't have Tori Lavello here to pat us on the back, so you guys have to do that with your <laughs> thumbs up. Uh, but grab that diehard membership. That way you get that $50 voucher uh, for Mountain Mike's. You also get access to all sorts of wonderful content, including Jesse's full count newsletter. You also get free merchandise from the phnxlocker.com, free hat or t-shirt of your choosing, as well as 20% off all future purchases. You also get access to our members only uh, discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. You get uh, discounts with our partners. You get members only invites to events as well as members only merchandise. So sign up today over at gophnx.com and join the family here at phnx. Uh, but before we get on to more mailbag questions, we have uh, to talk about our friends from More Furniture. Uh, more Furniture is what you want to buy for your home. Uh, again, I, I pulled the curtain back uh, too much. And uh, uh, by the way, Jesse over here does not have as many chase lounges in his house as I've led on to believe. Mm. Uh, but we're still picking one out for him. And of course, you can send him all suggestions. Uh, go over to morefurniture.com. Save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. And don't forget to grab their white glove delivery service where they will absolutely set up your furniture however you want it in your house. Uh, and you never have to lift a finger. Uh, let's get on to some more mailbag questions uh, presented by our friends at More Furniture. What do we got, Damon? 
I think you forgot to say that uh, Mount 500 is brought is brought to us by Mountain Mike. Oh, I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely. Let's take a step now. back. Yeah. We do, yeah, right, yeah. Being over Mount Mount 500, uh, surpassing the summit and being up at the top <laughs> is brought to us by Mountain Mike's. Let's get that graphic up there one more time, David. Can we get Cattell going up the mountain? Let's go, Cattell! I had a feeling we, 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 we couldn't make it through a show without yeah. using that. No, one thank you. I, I just set you, you up for thank it you. to get it out of the way. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much. All right. What else we got? Uh, Casey on Twitter asks, how concerned should we be about the pitching woes and the future of uh, our pitching since it is by far the weakest area of our farm system? Uh, it's, a very, uh, it's a very good question. Uh, I think we should be fairly concerned. I don't think that the dime – I mean, obviously, not all of your starting pitching depth and everything is always going to come – from the guys you bring up in the farm system. And to be honest, I, I think, I think in my humble opinion, the Diamondbacks have an incredible one, two, three setup already in Brandon fought Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson. And I think they're very much the future of this team. So you're still going to add guys through free agency. You're still going to add guys in other ways. Uh, I'm, I am concerned though, for the pitching this year, I am concerned about the start Zach Gallon. Merrill Kelly and Madison Bumgarner have all had. Zach Davies being injured doesn't help because he was pitching fairly well in his first start, and uh, we don't know how long you know he's going to be out of the lineup for. So that just puts that pressure now on, on the rest of the guys to perform, puts that pressure on Jamison moving out of the bullpen and, and Luella not having that guy. So, I mean, it, it's a concern. However, I'm I'm very excited about how well the bullpen has done so far, and I think that they do have more guys that they can count on this season than they did all of last year uh, pitching well out of the bullpen. So uh, as long as that can continue to happen, I think starting pitching can kind of have its ups and downs. I don't think starting pitching needs to be, you know, on point and, and be as good as we saw them for that stretch last year. When I think the entire rotation had like a sub two ERA, you're just, you're just not going to recreate that. And that was a very, yeah. that was a very odd stretch for this team of, of everybody being very good, including, Madison Bumgarner being a part of that. Yeah, I I will say like if the Diamondbacks are going to you know make the playoffs a year early, right? Which is kind of how a lot of people are, would would be thinking about it if they were to get there this year. I think you need your starting rotation to at least be around league average, right? It's it's hard that it's hard to win 87, 88, whatever the number is games when your rotation is is subpar, like it's been so far, right? The Diamondbacks starting rotation through ten games. Has an ERA of 5.88. That's not great. Uh, in 49 innings, they've given up 50 hits. They have 33 walks compared to 38 strikeouts. So it's pretty much the same number of walks and strikeouts through two turns through the rotation. We talked about it yesterday. We can be pretty blunt and say the D-backs rotation has been flat out very bad yeah. to start the season. Yeah. And they've been able to win games anyway for, for the time being. But... In the long term, you're going to need that to get better. When we are saying the phrase noted D-backs ace Zach Davies, something is wrong. Something yeah. has gone drastically wrong. Well, now he's on the now he's about to be on the injured list. So, uh, yeah, if he was your noted ace, you'd, you'd sort of be in trouble. And he also didn't pitch particularly well in his last start either. So we're just holding on to that one five inning, <sighs> one run outing from Zach Davies is like the only truly good start that any Diamondback starter has had this season. It's not wrong. It's not not great. All right, what else we got? Uh, Evan Bell asks, how much of a concern is the rotation <laughs> this early <laughs> in the season? Uh, same thing. Uh, I think we were meaning to bundle those up together as well because, uh, yeah, a lot of the questions you guys have are very are, – are, are, are valid concerns. And, I mean, I think that there is some concerns. I think 
the one thing that you could say about both the offensive struggles we saw early on before these last two games against the Dodgers and the starting pitching is the Diamondbacks are still finding a way to win games, right? So yeah, if these if these things are so bad right now and they're still finding a way to be you know win games, it's going to turn. Just like when they were doing so well last year, we had this sense of dread that things were going to turn and go the other way because it's baseball. It rarely does it always go in that very good direction for the entire time. Eventually, you come back down to earth in one way or another. And in this case, it's kind of going down. So it feels like if the starting pitching can get better, offense can get rolling, that this team is going to be even better than we've seen. And and that was that was 500 baseball. So if they can be better than that, Sky is the limit potentially for this team. I mean, Zach, imagine Zach Gallon and Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly getting back on that role that they were for a couple of months in in May or April or May last year. That would uh, completely change the dynamic of this team alone. So, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, at the very least, since they're struggling, there is room for them to turn it around. And if they do, maybe we'll see even more success than we've seen to this point, where they are two games over five hundred. Yeah, Zach Gallen, like we said yesterday, like like to see him bounce back a little bit to, today against the Brewers. I know uh, those first couple starts have not gone well. We've we've wondered about whether the pitch clock is playing some sort of a, a role there, potentially with Merrill Kelly too. He has talked about uh, feeling a little bit rushed by the whole thing. They hate it. They hate it. Yeah, they kind of. Yeah, they pitcher, hate it. I mean, I understand. It's uh, like, that's like what I want. I want them to get out of this first month where they stop fucking worrying about hating it. Right. Like where you just get into a point where like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, you're not happy about it. Right. But you stop internally griping. You stop going over to Merrill in the clubhouse and bitching about your little complaints with it in the last game or or before your next start or whatever. Right. And I'm not saying that happens, but what I'm saying is they've been very vocal about not liking the pitch clock. And that can only translate over to them thinking about it in their starts, after their starts, before their starts, because they're bringing it up to us unprompted. Yeah, and that's kind of part of what Major League Baseball expected too with the whole pitch clock thing is like, yeah, some guys, some guys will adapt right away, it'll be fine, but a lot of guys will struggle and and very much dislike it early on. And this goes for hitters too. I saw a video of, of Juan Soto yesterday talking about how he really didn't like the feel of the pitch clock in the batter's box and just having to feel like you're rushed and you can't slow the game the slow slow the game down. You Good. have to kind of adapt Good. to the pace of the game. Good. I want him to not like it. I want him to hate yeah, it. Yeah, for one Soto, hate it the whole yeah, season. for the D-backs, that, that works out very nicely. But yeah, there, there's an adaptation period, and it's still very, very early in these guys trying to uh, trying to figure out what it's like to, to pitch with this new clock thing that we have going on. All right, what else we got? Uh, John Greeneye asks, for every nine years the D-backs have got new uniforms, uh, 98 to 2006 was the purple to teal era, 2007 to 2015 was the Sonoran era. Uh, 2016 to present would be, I guess, I don't know, evolution Nike era with the was that the the snake scales and things like that. There's been a couple of uniforms in that time. Uh, and then he asks, 2025 new uniforms? I don't know. Mm. I will say that it feels very much like we're going to get new uniforms next year. It very much feels like there's a color scheme thing happening in the in the team shop that's what teal is definitely taking over teal is taking over the ballpark for sure there's teal everywhere but when you go and look at some of the uh, clothing items jesse that they have in the team shop i saw a lot of red purple and teal which is a really interesting combination to be honest but yeah looked a lot better than i thought 
together that it did. I, I red, purple, and teal. Yeah, yeah. They had the Sonoma red, the purple, and the teal. They had like Sedona red still is kind of like a main color, and then like it was like purple and teal accents to go with it. It was a good look. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Again, okay. it's it's weird sometimes when you see colors that you wouldn't think go together go together well. I have personally been kind of floored by how much I like the Sedona red and the teal together. I think it looks good. I don't know if you guys saw our new logo on Twitter, but uh, we are all on board with Twitter around this place. But what do you think? Do you think New Jersey, like it does feel like New Jersey's are on the horizon very soon. We know the Cardinals are getting yeah. New Jersey's this year. So maybe, maybe next year is the Diamondbacks year for, for New Jersey's. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wondered at one point, like maybe the 25th year anniversary, yeah, they, would, they perfect, would switch right? things up. That... Or at least just go back, just do maybe one year of the throwbacks, maybe, yeah, I mean, yeah. just fully convert just Not for one no, season. No All the years. Do that. It, could you imagine if they converted back to the old uniforms for one year and then they just decided to revert back to Sedona Red yeah, after that? People that would have been their, more of a mind. disaster yeah, than right. not ever going back I, We got uh, We got to talk about the Tony Womack jersey. Jesse and I were walking behind a guy the other day with a purple Tony Womack jersey. It was glittery. It was it the most beautiful goddamn thing we'd ever <laughs> seen. I, I'm sure this guy didn't hear us, but if he did, he probably would have thought we were creeps because we were literally <laughs> just behind him like, look at how Look at how perfect that shimmering is in the light. Because the numbers were like sand colored, but they were they were glittery, like what we talked about with the Mariners jerseys. It looked like beautiful sand on a perfect beach. It was the exact kind of thing the Diamondbacks should be going for. Oh, there was just awesome with the teal, like the like like the teal triangles accents and the Tony Womack and the purple. I was just in love with it. Didn't I was they, in love with it. Didn't they get rid of the purple and teal because it was a little too flashy? So that's why they went no, to the red. No, I believe it was two reasons. One, I think Ken Kendrick. Uh, taking over the team as the primary owner wanted a completely different change as far as the color scheme went. No, oh, I didn't know that. And I do also think, because it coincided when he took over the team, and I think they also wanted to get away from purple due to the Rockies. Yeah, that part I've heard. That part makes sense and because then, those are like the two purple teams in the league. Yeah, so the they looked around the uh, National League West essentially and determined there was no red, there was no Bay, there was no sand, so they decided to go to like red, black, and sand and white as their. There are totally other divisions though that have multiple red teams. Multiple red teams, right? Yeah. So that I mean that just doesn't hold much weight, right? Like that. I think it's just I think like it's it was just the focus because almost every you can find a color every team is using, right? But like look at the Mariners, that color that the Mariners are of teal green or whatever they are yeah. that's just like if you see that color somewhere else you're like that's mariners green you right. know what i mean it's, that's, it's unique, it's, it's unique yeah. right and you they know? tried to make the diamondbacks red unique by calling it sedona red nah. and having it be nah. a little bit like just, it's not like cincinnati reds red correct you know? it's, it's a dark it's a, red it's a little bit a little you just darker, made it hard for me to match it to my shoes that's what you made it hard <laughs> you made, it, made it hard for me to find things that are that same fucking color as what you did <laughs> Uh, what else we got but yes New Jersey is coming we believe it we believe it we believe Uh, Gabriel says based off these first 10 games will the D-backs fast track a contract extension for Lavolo or will they wait and see where they are at the end of the year God I hope so really good question it is a really good question because we have no clue and we're not there's no information we have to base this off of but I will say uh, based on my love of Tori Lavolo that I think that it's it's, it's an absolute must now this is still early on, right? But yeah, so, when? When? Right. That's well, the, that's at what the tricky point, part. If they continue this level of success, let's say they continue this level of hovering above 500 a couple of games, what, how long does it go for? Yeah. 
I don't I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think the D-backs would wait until really close to the end of the season. That would just be an yeah. odd look. Like I would if say even before the All-Star game, we could see it if they continue this yeah. level of success, right? I mean, given what we said earlier about Mike Hazen basically setting the bar for success at uh, being in position to buy at the trade deadline, it kind of feels like in his eyes, he'll know whether the season is a success about halfway through the season. Yeah. And so maybe at that point, if things are looking good and the D-backs are, you know, in the playoff mix enough at that point, I, w- I would think the D-backs would, would make the move then. If they don't bring him back, then obviously, you know, that's just something. I, I would be somewhat surprised if they fired him during the season. But if things really turn south, I mean, I, I guess that could happen too. It's pretty hard to say. Last question we got on Mailbag Monday comes from my best friend, Neo. Uh, Neo asks, which current or former Arizona Diamondback should one day grace cover MLB the show? Obviously, it's Corbin Carroll. That's the only answer. If you're, going, go. if you're going, Randy Johnson, Corbin Carroll, past, present. I feel like that's your your choices, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zach Gallon, maybe. I I mean, I I guess right. If Jazz Chisholm is on there, then you know <laughs> you know that Zach Gallon's got to be gunning for it All too. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I I do think like players on the way. Like I could I could I could see a universe with Drew Jones on an MLB The Show cover. Obviously, it's way too early to be making actual statements not, like that. It's not, but it's not. But like you could see it, right? Let's like go. Drew Jones Drew has Jones. The, Let's go. the ceiling of being. <laughs> the transcendent superstar <laughs> type. Yeah, uh, sure. So you could at least see that happening, but I don't know. Well, we appreciate you guys being here. Of course, if you get a chance, uh, stop by our friends at Circle K. Fill yourself up. Fill your car up with all sorts of snacks. We got we got teal and red snacks right here. So there's your color scheme right there uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I love cherry sours, but you more of a get, turquoise. Isn't it? Like more he's of like a, this. He's never he's seafood. never not like this. The show when we text message when we call him, he's always like this. Uh, <laughs> but you guys stay fueled up over at Circle K. Grab yourself iced coffee. They got Red Bulls three for eight dollars. Monsters three for six. Uh, all sorts of wonderful things. Things to make sure not only is your car fueled up, but you're fueled up. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff over at Circle K. Head to circlek.com slash store locator. That's circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Uh, and while you're there, pick up some Four Peaks beer. Grab Four Peaks. It's the best local beer you can find in the Valley. Be sure to follow them on social at Four Peaks Brew to get all the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. Uh, and join us for our NFL draft party. There will be NFL draft beer specials, including $3 Red beer, uh, Redbird Lager pints, $5 Redbird pitcher light, uh, Redbird Lager pitchers, so much more. We got our usual $3 kilt lifters and wild pints, so much more. Uh, the best place to take on the NFL draft at April on April 27th is at Four Peaks H Street Pub. Register for free in the link in our show notes to take advantage of beer specials. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. We thank you guys so much for being here today in the chat. We thank you guys so much for rooting for the Arizona uh, Arizona Diamondbacks say Arizona and the Cardinals. Cardinals? Well, well, I was, still, I was still, still in the middle of that whole Cardinals read. But ah. <laughs> Diamondbacks, Cardinals, Suns, Coyotes, go everybody. Uh, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, and on behalf of this entire crew of misfits, uh, we thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when Dre Jameson is in the starting lineup.